Hi folks, welcome back to On Call with Insignia, where we go on call with leaders innovating the future of Southeast Asia's internet and digital economy, or as we like to call it, Asia Innovation. I'm your host, Paolo Aquino, and we're back with another episode, which is a catch-up episode, actually. So we've actually had uh, these guests twice in the past few seasons, and you know we've had some exciting conversations, specifically about you know the property space, the property industry in Indonesia, and that it has certainly gone through a lot of changes, both you know challenging and as well as the, you know very opportunistic changes over the past few years and they've been certainly leading that wave of digitalization for Indonesia's property market. They're of course none other than the founders of Pinhome, Dara and Ahmed. So Dara the CEO and, and Ahmed CTO of Pinhome. So glad to have them back for a third time and the reason why we have them back for a third time is because Pinhome has been evolving so much over the past two years so we can't help but actually you know just catch up and see how things have evolved, how the business you know has grown since then, what new things, new stories they can share with us from the ground. Before you go on call, be sure to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast platforms. And stay tuned for our latest insights on our Twitter at InsigniaVC and Instagram at Insignia underscore VC. Now let's get into the call. And so, yeah, welcome Dara and Ahmed. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Pleasure is ours. Just to, you know, kick things off, maybe we can have a quick rundown of uh, everything that has happened since our last call back in, I think, Q, Q2 2021. And yeah, that will be sort of the backbone for the rest of our conversation. So take it away. Absolutely. Thank you, Paolo. 2021, last year, we spoke about capabilities that Pinhome has built, the impact that we've created. Since then, what we have become, so fast forward one year, we are now still a Southeast Asia's pioneer for full-stack close-through property transaction platform for first-time home buyers. We have built and continuously improved world's first home buying and home services that encompass basically real-time largest property listing MLS, so the equivalent of a multiple listing service, single source of truth for property transactions. We have AI-powered search and property value estimator, online payment, and automatic closing. We have full suite staff and operating as a service for banks, digitizing and simplifying the mortgage journey for property seekers. And we also have fully digitized real estate investment and lending for property agents and developers, property supply chain. And last but not least, we have also built and rolled out on-demand home services with natural expansion to home insurance. So that has been kind of the highlights of our work the past one year. Yeah, so it's definitely, you know, Pin Home has really just expanded further the ecosystem that it has built, as you mentioned, really a pioneer, not just in Indonesia, but also the region. And I wanted to zoom in into one of the things you mentioned, which is really the AI aspect, the AI powered, you know, value estimator, which we actually talked about in in, in the previous time that you were here on, on call. But I just wanted to know, obviously, since that time, you've obviously collected more transactions, accumulated more data on the, on the listings and all of that. So Ahmed, maybe you can share with us being the CDO, you know, what you know, what has been the role of data for Pinhome and how has that role evolved over the past year? Just to jump off the automated valuation model that you mentioned, it absolutely was one of the highlights back when we were talking in the previous podcast. And even then we had quite limited coverage. We covered about 200,000 properties in the greater area of Jakarta. And since then, I would say that we are a closer equivalent to Zillow's Zestimate for Indonesia. So we see our product called Pin Value, probably the region's first AI-powered home valuation model at scale. So now we cover more than 500 cities in Indonesia across all the 70 million homes. Uh, and we do that with data integration with data sources that are private, public, government-based. 
So we are achieving a much higher accuracy right now, about 90% accuracy with about 10% forecast standard deviation covering hundreds of attributes per property. So uh, as you mentioned, right, we are collecting more transactions, more data. So with more data, in value becomes more accurate and, and provides a better experience for our users as well. So property owners, property seekers, they can take advantage of in value to get better pricing estimates. And in terms of data strategies in general, it continues to play an important role. So it influences how we prioritize opportunities, what type of features we build, what kind of capabilities we want to introduce to serve our stakeholders. So it always begins with the descriptive foundation and with a strong descriptive foundation, we'll identify opportunities for prescriptive use cases. And then finally, with sufficient patterns, we can introduce predictive use cases like pin value. I like how you describe that progression, you know, from, from descriptive to predictive and really showing how you guys think about data. And another reason why I brought it up is because obviously we're seeing data play a larger role in commerce. One of Insignia's other portfolio companies, Cairo, has used that to, to great effect for the auto industry. And you guys are doing it for the property industry as well, like creating, you know, pin value. And then I also wanted to talk about another thing that Dara mentioned earlier in that rundown which is sort of the lending side, you know, mortgage journey for the property seeker, the whole fintech side of, of that whole property journey, right? And we also mentioned it in, in the previous call. And I remember Dari talked about, you know, helping say folks like freelancers, you know, who are traditionally underserved by the banking system to actually, you know, apply for mortgages and then all these other products through, through Pinhome, right? So how has the fintech side of, of the Pinhome business evolved over the past year? Financing is a very important part of our business. Since inception, Pinhome has always been 50% PropTech and 50% FinTech. We're trying to strike the balance between the two. We understand that you know, for transactions to happen, for example, 75% of our property seekers need mortgage. On the supply side, property agents, property developers, they need financing, project financing, invoice financing, basic to continue to continuously create value for all stakeholders. Our financial service offering spans across the entire real estate supply chain. As a full-stack property transaction platform, we, we take it to the next level. We serve all property stakeholder needs when it comes to financing. On the consumer side, we facilitate mortgage applications online, connecting mortgage seekers with mortgage lenders. Millions and millions of property and mortgage seekers with 50 largest banks and multi-finance firms in the country. On the intermediary banking side, now, this is basically the banking side. We provide mortgage software as a service, mortgage operation as a service, so that they could serve property seekers better. Now on the supply side, as mentioned, we provide real estate supply chain financing for property agents and property developers as well. All right. Yeah, no, I, I think really the, the essence of, you know, this whole fintech play is really working with a lot of different intermediaries, working with a lot of institutions and different partners. And maybe you could share a little bit how you are able to build that trust as a, you know, as, as a brand and as a marketplace towards these like fintech players or, you know, financial institutions that you work with in order to bridge that gap in terms of access to, to property. We have been fortunate to have been trusted by Indonesia's largest banks, for example, Bank Mandiri, which use our SaaS platform basically to serve mortgage seeker. We built for them essentially a CRM consumer facing mobile application where Mandiri mortgage seekers could discover Mandiri mortgage product. At the same time, also get exposed to pin home listings in, in the very same platform. And, you know, so that's on kind of the top of funnel. And then in the middle of funnel, then the mortgage seeker is then able to pre-qualify themselves, submit mm -hmm. mortgage applications and track the status of their mortgage. Eventually, bottom of funnel, what we'd like to also see, that's also in the backlog, is how 
we could be there throughout the mortgage seekers turn mortgage borrower's journey mm-hmm. basically on like mortgage repayment mortgage refinancing etc that's been kind of the you know, one of the example of progress that we've made on the on the fintech banking front mm-hmm. we'll continue to create impact on this on this front because you know i think mortgage is is still a very nascent stage in indonesia mortgage penetration of gdp is still at two percent versus in more developed market we're seeing this statistic at 80-90%. So there's still huge room to grow. We definitely want to be there to support the bank so they could serve property seekers and mortgage seekers better. I think that's really, you know, very, I'd say like an intuitive direction. Obviously, you're already going further and further into the supply chain of, of mortgage, which you just described. And I think that it's just now a matter of, of scaling that up across, you know, across providers and across the rest of the country. A third highlight, which I wanted to talk about and which I realized now we hadn't really talked about it before is sort of the agent side, right? And if, if you guys happen to go on Pinhomes, you know, social media, LinkedIn, YouTube, you'll see a lot of videos of talking to agents, property agents that they enable digitally and, and work with. So maybe Ahmed, you, you can talk to us about that aspect of the business. And, you know, if, you know, how is the operation of that managing that whole network evolved over the past year and maybe share some, you know, interesting stories from the ground. We recognize very early on that the agent is an extremely important stakeholder in the property transaction journey. So because of that, immediately after we built our first product for home seekers, we built the property agent app. And the first few features that we introduced revolve more around listing management, transactions, facilitating the purchase of a property. So in the early days of the agent application, an agent could actually facilitate the transaction end-to-end, even with payments. But agents had access to that in the early days. Soon after that, we introduced the Agent Academy. So we found that agents really wanted to upskill themselves. So we had various programs. There were programs for new agents just getting started or agents that wanted to get online. They wanted to digitize. Even for high-performing agents that wanted to take it to the next level. So we offered programs to all of them and they could access the content through the Agent app. After that, we identified additional pain points that agents face. So we saw that they face cash flow challenges in certain types of property transactions, depending on how it's structured. We saw that some agents did not or were not able to offer wide enough variety of mortgage options for their clients or home seekers. So we solved that with the two features that's available on the agent application. So one of them is the advanced commission disbursement that helps them with their cash flow so that they can get the commission upfront. We also offer them mortgage referral programs so they get to offer their home seekers or clients a wide array of mortgage products. So this helps them with their cash flow and also helps them with an additional source of income in the transaction. So because of these things, we see that agents that partner with in-home uh, are more productive than other agents in the market. Yeah, definitely a lot of perks for anybody who, who becomes a pin-home agent. And especially if they do well, if you're like a high-performing agent, there's there's even more perks down the line. So how do you balance or regulate the costs associated with maintaining, training, managing to a certain extent these agents while ensuring that they, you know, this part of the business still drives a lot of revenue down the line? We are very cost-conscious when, when it comes to that. And the way that we can offer these things and still maintain good unit economics is through technology. So all the content that we're offering is through the application. It's easy for them to access it at any time. So it's just a matter of introducing them to the various different things that they can do on the application. Our advanced commission disbursement process, so our embedded finance feature is also all online. So the application is online, repayments are online, tracking is online. And so that helps us manage costs on our side. So we can continue to 
add more value to the agents without affecting our bottom line. Now I, I move on to a question that probably anybody who's listening in ever since I mentioned Indonesia property sector is probably wondering or itching to learn more about is how is it doing at this current with this current market environment, right? That I'm sure all our listeners have seen the headlines of. And what does scale mean for Pinhome amidst this current environment? Dara? A great question, Paolo. I'm sure this is um, you know, I think classic questions that founders get asked almost every day. It's like, almost part of the, it, it should be part of the founder script now. <laughs> like every founder needs uh, exactly. <laughs> an yeah. answer prepared for that, right? Yeah. Well, luckily for us, Pinhome is a business that was incepted and has been scaling exclusively in challenging market environment between Wublon, COVID pandemic, the you know, 2020, 2022 period, and current tech winter. Co-founding team and the entire management team have been trained basically to pursue balance and sustainable growth. For us, that means growing bottom line, gross profit, and pursuing profitability. For us, when thinking about scale in context of balance and sustainable growth, it is an exponential growth, still exponential growth, not just incremental growth, but it is one where top-line revenue GRP is growing for products that has healthy contribution margins, positive unit economics, and so pushing volume and sales for these products would result in higher gross profit. And then that, while maintaining on the fixed cost side, OPEX side, maintaining cost at a manageable level, healthy level, where the gross profit grows, the fixed cost stays, is either reducing the burn or allowing us to score profit. It is important, especially in current climate where capital could be extremely dilutive, valuation is compressed, and investors are becoming more and more cognizant of pathway towards profitability. And so for us, you know, we've been fortunate. We're also very excited to share that we are on track to be profitable in the month's time. This kind of environment, this is actually the kind of battleground that excites us. Because this is one where company with strong fundamentals are appreciated and rewarded. The, the correction is really ne- needed and necessary. And actually, we, we already talked a little bit about that, right? Like Ahmed mentioned about, you know, leveraging technology to be able to manage costs a, a, as an example, right? You've talked about how Pinhome is navigating sort of the bear market in terms of, you know, capital markets, fundraising, all of that in the tech sector. But how about specifically for the property sector in Indonesia? How is that specific industry shaping up and how is Pinhome, you know, really sinking its teeth in, right? Yeah, you're right. Indonesia is, is lucky to have the, the kind of resilience that is quite scarce, right? As an upper middle income economy with young population, rich in renewable and non-renewable resources, and generally politically quite stable. This country has been proven to, to have quite a, quite a good resilience. Property sector in Indonesia continues to be one of the most important sectors that government rely on support and incentivize. It is also part of the basic and primary needs, right? Obviously, shelter. Indonesian consumers' confidence in property remains strong. If you ask middle-income family, which represents 60% of all households in the country, the areas where they would spend significant chunk of their disposable income, property will be top two, if not number one, in the answer, right? So landed house, a typical landed house residential, $30,000 to $50,000 GMV. In the next two decades, 150 million Indonesian millennials and Gen Z that are yet to have access to home ownership are looking to buy their first home like this. And this is what's going to move the entire sector and the entire economy. And we're very, very excited about this. Industry goes through cycle for Indonesian property industry. 2009 through 2015, property was in up cycle. That was when mm-hmm. price was good. Sellers market, consumer confidence is high, employment is high, money was easy. 2015 all the way until 2022, it was 
on somewhat a down cycle. It was a buyer's market. Consumer confidence was low. But 2022 onwards, we're very confident looking at all the macroeconomic indicators. So the rise in commodity prices, among others, we see that these macroeconomic indicators have shown in a support toward a strengthened property sector for Indonesia. Well, technically aside, the outlook is, is, is bright for property. Well, that's, that's great to hear. And thanks for actually illustrating it through the years, right? Mentioning, you know, sort of how the up cycle and down cycle have, have come and gone. And, you know, Pinhome is right at the center of this next stage of, of the market, right, for Indonesian property. So that's, that's great to hear. I wanted to shift gears a little bit now and talk about the leadership side. Definitely your, our first conversation about your journey through, you know, coming from Gojek and then starting Pinhome is definitely one of my favorites. And I, always, you know, refer to it a lot, <laughs> especially when, you know, talking about, you know, some of these like mafia, you know, unicorn mafia founders that we've had the privilege of backing. So now I wanted to ask, instead of asking what you guys learned in, in Gojek, maybe you can share now what you've learned having run Home for uh, already like a few years, right? So what, what are some of the learnings from, you know, running Home? How, how things have changed as you, you know, had to start from an early stage startup and now Pinhome is very much in the growth stages and maybe even share how Pinhome has shaped you personally. That's a great question. Learning and transitioning is a constant feature, it's a mainstay in Pinhome. And that's to say, just for the organization to keep up with its own growth, we need to improve all aspects of the organization regularly. So that means that we have to introduce feedback loops throughout our processes. We need checkpoints so that we regularly step back monthly, every two months step back, review the data, and make changes to how we plan and how we execute. We have to do that regularly to keep up with our own growth. That can be painful, but so far, we're always better for it. And just looking back at the discussion that we just had around going through the pandemic and the various economic challenges, it has taught us to be extra mindful and deliberate in how we allocate our resources, because we need to strike that balance between growth and sustainability, which mm-hmm. is an extremely important theme nowadays to even be investable. So although there are different expectations at different stages, it's helpful that we have one constant vision, one constant North Star metric that really encapsulates the value that we create, regardless of the stage that we are in. That's very helpful. Personally, in building Home, it's been constant education since inception. And what I've learned is appreciation. I really appreciate our team, our leaders, our investors, our customers, and our supporters, family included. I've learned that we have to relentlessly prioritize. And by emphasizing on team building, that really equips us to deal with challenges that require that relentless prioritization. And finally, learning how to switch between macro and micro views, because we, we need to lead the path forward. However, we still need full visibility of what's going on on the mm-hmm. ground. Lots of great tidbits there, I'm sure, especially for the founders who are listening in. Dara, anything you wanted to add from your own personal experience, how Pinhome has shaped you as a leader? It's been an absolutely humbling experience. I think that despite we have come a long way since inception, I feel that it's always day one for us. And in day one, that mentality of always having to make decisions and choices, what to do and what not to do. You know, Despite that, we have strong balance sheet understand that resources is limited and we can only do so much 
that's what has been the biggest learning for me is that it's always equally important basically to decide what not to do and, and yeah. as, as deciding what to do. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of tough decisions, especially in this market, but definitely you guys have, you know, it's not, I would say your first rodeo either. <laughs> and you've definitely experienced sort of the, the hyper growth cycle and I'm glad to see you guys are well on it now with, with Pinhome as well. And another aspect of being a growth stage company is actually leveling up sort of the leadership in the company, either, you know, bringing in you know outside expertise or sort of promoting, training, developing the internal talent within the organization. So what, what has been Pinhome's approach to that? And what do you look for, especially in the C-suite kind of level of leadership as, as Pinhome scales up? As you alluded to, we are looking for C-suite hires, several of them. And so looking for a few awesome people to join us. And we look for three things. We look for experience in scaling a technology business. So we look for someone that has driven a startup, leading a startup to scale the property industry or adjacent industries. We look for someone that has expertise in their field, typically reflected in the number of years they have been in that field, preferably deep understanding of property and financial services, and someone that has a great reputation and network in those two industries. And finally, someone that embraces PDOM values. So someone that's passionate about the sector, great people leader, someone that lives by the Pareto principle, resourceful in, in execution. And at heart, they are entrepreneurs. It couldn't have been said any clearer. I mean, that's obviously already the JD out there for anybody who's listening who wants to join Pinhome uh, and you guys can reach out to, to Dara or Ahmed. Definitely leaving their, their LinkedIn in the episode description so you guys can check that out if you do want to get in touch. And before we head into a rapid fire round, wanted to close things off by checking in again on sort of the North Star goals. I asked about that in the last episode and I just wanted to know like how things have changed, if at all. Or maybe you guys have now raised the bar even higher for yourselves, seeing as, as you've grown over the past year. So how has the North Star for Pinhome evolved over the past year? Great question. But Paul, before that, I wanted to go back to your question about the biggest learning as leader. And that immediately crossed my mind about, mm. uh, you know, how repeatedly we had to activate survival mode, take extreme measures to preserve cash, right? We've gone through the cycle of, you know, in the beginning. I think Alpha, Beta, Delta, Omicron, and now Tech Winter, right? Multiple times uh, given the external conditions, despite internally we're ready, we had the capabilities, we had the resources, so we had to activate survival mode. So thinking about pulling out completely from a, a certain unprofitable segments or market for a promising, even promising market, cut unprofitable product. For profitable product, cut variable costs or costs or cost of revenue, customer promotion incentives. Across the board, always be cognizant of we maintain costs. Surgically looking at the different OPEX, payroll and, and marketing costs being the, the biggest driver. And so far, luckily, that's been enough for us. So we never had, for example, make that hard decision looking at workforce and streamlining workforce. We have been continuously growing our workforce now to a strong 450 people team. But that's it, right? Extreme cash preservation has been the the biggest learning for mm-hmm. us, safeguarding balance sheet, because cash is king and in economic mm-hmm. downturns, cash is king. And that also means in a situation, especially like now where cash could be extremely dilutive, looking for ways to raise capital that's non-dilutive, let's say to debt, mm-hmm. to finance classic ROI, like positive ROI product lines. That was a really big learning for us. That's very interesting. And Pinom is, is, is also taking those, you know, creative measures, uh, so to speak. So how does that, maybe you can tie that in, right? Like you, yeah. you talked about all these measures. How do those tie in into sort of the North Star for, for yeah. Pinhome moving forward? Absolutely. So 
we just look backward, right? Now we look forward, we should, what success would look like for Pinhome last year. And between then and now, how we define success is quite consistent and coherent, aligning with the vision to make property more accessible. We provide basically technology platforms that have organized property information, digitized property financing, and also digitized property transactions. And success for us, given that vision and mission is when we could, on the supply side, bring significant portion of the 18 million homes and properties in Indonesia online, building largest home database for Indonesia. We're going to cross our 1 million mark, hopefully, the next coming um, <laughs> months, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But on the intermediary side, bringing significant number of the 10 million property agents and property service providers combined also online, right? Now, on the demand side, how do we con- convert significant portion of the property transaction? Today, that represents $355 billion worth of property value, also online. So that all are very consistent. But right now, we have stronger emphasis on profitability because we have evolved, transformed to a scaling stage, right? We have been aggressively pursuing profitability, and that effort has led us to a clear pathway towards profit. And very happy to share that we're on track to be profitable hopefully within this year. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good sign when, you know, a company is, is aggressive amidst a market where everybody will tend to be a little bit more conservative and, and definitely headed towards that right direction of profitability. And especially the first part, of when you start talking about the North Star, it actually hasn't changed word for word. Like, <laughs> that's you, you've kept it as sort of like a mantra and, and really the goalposts for, for Pinhome, which is great to hear. And on that note, you know, wanted to get into a rapid fire round. I, I know you guys have experienced this twice already, but you know, I, I changed the questions. <laughs> Uh, and, and this is a new set of questions. So yeah, maybe I kick things off with, you know, what has been the biggest unlearning or something that you've had to let go of, belief that you've had to change or principle that you have to change becoming a founder of, of Pinhome? Dara? What I had to unlearn and then relearn is basically the, the art of letting go. And previously, for me, it was all about doing it all myself. I feel like I'm best positioned to do things. But then I realized that as the business grow and scale, we can we cannot do everything ourselves. We cannot be everything to everyone. So letting go of decision making, letting go of execution, letting go of control and reporting, letting go of some opportunities, right? That we have to deprioritize. I think that that's been the kind of the biggest I'm I'm, I'm learned as a founder. Ahmed, for me, it was how to process feedback because there are numerous sources of feedback, many internal sources, many external sources, and what I found helpful was to treat each feedback as a data point, remove emotion from it, process them systematically. So acknowledge it, empathize or get in understanding what that feedback, contextualize it, then look for relevant applications. Yeah, I found that this was really important because it's too easy to be swayed by few data points that that really need to be qualified. Yeah, definitely a lot of letting go of biases and, and things like that is a common theme. What digital technology or innovation are you most excited about apart from, you know, what you're working on at Pinhome? Maybe start with Ahmed this time. Uh, apart from property, yes, apart from Pinhome, I'm excited actually about advances in space exploration or deep sea exploration. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of related to what I was interested in when I was a child. But exploring the unknown, that's exciting to me yeah, and kind of puts our role on Earth into context. Yeah, who knows? We might need, you know, definitely need property and, and space in the, uh, in the future. Dara, how about you? I'm excited about the basic innovation in the country around digital banking and personal finances. Mm. It's another massive underserved 
like many in the country. And actually, since you mentioned that, it also reminds me of how you're talking about how the Indonesian property market is doing now. And a large part of that is because, you know, Indonesians are now able to save more and sort of earn more, which just, you know, helps that whole cycle, which is good. And I mentioned about, you know, liking, you know, space uh, as a kid. So that leads into my next question, which is how far away would you say your current, you know, work now at Pinhome is from your, from your childhood dream? Maybe Dara can start. Far, but related. So growing up, I always dream of having my own space. Very simple as a kid. I wanted my own room, my own bed, my mm. own toilet. The major I want. I wanted to be independent. I want to live in my own working space. And as an adult, of course, owning my own home, owning my own working space, my own property investment. It was all about what I wanted. But now through in home, I think I can help others and property seekers, property stakeholders, basically to have access to home ownership in a way that's better and more frictionless than I ever experienced uh, mm-hmm. uh, as property buyers and property property seekers. So that's how it was similar and different. Really, really wanting that your, your own sort of space is a sort of a through line. Yeah. How about you, Ahmed? Yeah, you mentioned space. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So when I was a child, I actually wanted to become an astronaut. So I'd say pretty far off from what I'm doing now. Probably watch too much Star Trek movies. But growing up, I have a, I have a father who's an entrepreneur and I eventually married an entrepreneur that became an entrepreneur myself. But my view of entrepreneurship has changed. So initially, it's the excitement of solving difficult problems, difficult challenges, and making someone happy you know, by solving those problems for them. But in the past five years, 10 years, what has changed is that it's a lot more satisfying if while solving those problems, we are actually helping with fundamental human needs. So of livelihood, of security, and I feel that trumps everything else. And I think that's more, that kind of realization is more pronounced in a market like Southeast Asia, where we have a lot of these pain points related to those, you know, fundamental needs. And my next question is, you know, given that you guys are, are you know, building a property, you know, platform and experience for Indonesians, you know, also wanted to ask about your own homes or property that you have. Like, what is the favorite part, you know, feature or room in your house or any property that you have, Dara? Thanks, Paolo. I was going to say my dining and living room because that's where most memorable moments happen at home. But then as a new parent, my baby room, that's my most favorite part of the of the house now. Right, right. how right. long. I was gonna say like uh, yeah, I like how it's, it's it's changing and yeah, who knows? But yeah, no. Congrats by the way on on the new kid. Thank uh, you. And Ahmed, uh, definitely the family room. That's where the family and cats gather around to play, reconnect after a long day. That's where we spend most of our time on the weekend. So definitely family room. My next question is, you know, what does in one line, what does property mean to you, Ahmed? For me, property means family, comfort, and security. Dara? For me, property means freedom, inclusion, and prosperity. And finally, to wrap things up for a rapid fire round, you know, we, you guys are Gojek Mafia. And in the future, we may have some, you know, Pinhome Mafia, folks who have experience growing with Pinhome and then go on to start their own companies, which should be very exciting. So what advice would you have for these folks whom presumably you, you, you may be already working with right now? Dara? My advice would be, Find, follow, and execute on your passion. Mm. Don't settle for anything less. Ahmed? I would say focus on people at every step of your journey. 
and therefore every step forward will be better than if you didn't you miss 100 of the shots you don't take as they say and on that note thank you so much darren ahmed for coming back on the show for a third time i'm sure this won't be the last as we'll we'll have to hear more as you guys you know get into the next stage of evolution for for pin home but it was great to get an update from over the past year and you know hope to hear more soon and yeah thanks again for coming on the show thanks, thank you so, so much you. thank you so much paulo stay on the line with us for more conversations with our founders and investors in the region until the next call i am Paolo Aquino and this has been On Call with Insignia Ventures.